Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. This is Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Hello and welcome to another episode of Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. I am James Hinchcliffe, and uh, unfortunately this week... I am Alexander Rossi. uh, Yeah, that's the unfortunate part, is (laughs) Finn will be playing the role of Alexander Rossi as our dear friend battles a bout of influenza. Yeah, he's down for the count, uh, texted us this morning that he's sick, but, but the show must go on, right? As they say in Hollywood, even though I'm in Indianapolis and, well, to be fair, you're you're basically in Hollywood. I'm in West Hollywood. Nobody wants to live in actual That's, Hollywood. I know, but it, I mean, it's, it's got Hollywood in the name, so you're in Hollywood. Brunch capital of the world. I'm just glad you didn't say WeHo. Uh, back to <laughs> influenza, do you support the flu shot? Oh, 100%. So you, yeah. you, you flu shot at Hazel? Yeah. Do you flu shot yourself? Well, I don't, but not because I don't believe in it. I'm just too lazy to go out and actually do it. But, like, you took your daughter to do it, so why didn't you just do it at the same time? Well, uh, hang on, hang on. Somebody took my daughter to do it. <laughs> I didn't. My, my daughter got it done. I'm yeah. not necessarily taking responsibility for it. I supported it. it in theory. I, I think I probably helped pay for it. Uh, right. But did I, did I go and do it? No, I did not. Okay, well, that's fair. At least we know where that all stands. That's good. That's good. Uh, I wonder if Alex did it or not. I'm gonna bet no. I'm gonna. If I'm he's gonna got the flu now. I'm gonna bet a hard no. <laughs> I wonder if he'll get it next year now because he got the flu. Yeah, only time will tell. Only time. Don't worry. Don't worry, though, people listening. Uh, the rest of the show is much more entertaining than this introduction has been. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are. Uh, we are. You know, well into the quote-unquote IndyCar off season, uh, but it is a, it is a, a bit of a miss leading term as we've discussed before and our guest this week uh will go into some detail about his off season and his on season and his future seasons and even a couple of his past seasons we are joined this week by indycar driver series champion 500 winning winner living legend uh mr tony canon the tony the nose canon <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, given the size of his nose, we didn't talk about it enough. That's true. I didn't. I mean, everybody talks about it. I didn't want to like bring it up, but I. Man, I had I've, it in the Google Doc. I know you wanted to know if it was an aerodynamic advantage or not. <laughs> That's the I, only time when you say that Tony Canon won a race by a nose. It it's it actually means something completely different. Totally different. Absolutely. It's <laughs> it's that's an unfair advantage. It's not an aerodynamic advantage. It's a, it's a pure dimensions advantage. Although I've seen the shots with his visor up, that thing is perilously close to the front of his helmet. You know, if, if <laughs> anything ever hits him, it's gonna be it's gonna be a situation. You know. Well, it actually it did come. His nose did come up a little bit in the interview when he was uh, when he's diving into the pranks part, which which is was definitely. I, I don't think I've ever laughed that hard during an interview. I had to mute my mic. Definitely not during an interview. And uh, for those of you that know Tony well, you may have heard the story, but I really hope a lot of you are hearing it for the first time. I've heard it plenty of times and was still 
almost in tears. So rather than keep you waiting, why don't we get right in to the Alex Liss interview with Mr. Tony Kanan. But first... Hey guys, small favor to ask from us here at Off Track. Because let's be honest, you owe us one. True. Now, because of some algorithms, which is computer talk for stuff that we don't understand at all, podcasts depend on good ratings and reviews. So if you're listening to this podcast, and if you like even just a little bit hearing what we have to say, or, or even just tolerating us in general, go to iTunes today, give us a rating, preferably five stars. If there's an option for six stars without Tim, do that and leave a little comment. That would be tremendous. Thank you for that. And now we'll get back to the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. And here we are in Hinchtown, in the basement, uh, with living legend. <laughs> he is an Iron Man off track and on. Right. He's a series champion. He's an Indy 500 champion. He's probably the most liked guy in the IndyCar world. Mr. Tony Kanat, thank you. Welcome to the show. Thank you. It took me almost, what, how long you had the show? A year and a half already? Uh, no, we started this one. This one only started at the beginning of this year. Okay, well, right? then. Okay. Tim, how long have we had this show? T- ten months. It's all right. It, uh, it feels like eternity. It feels like we've been doing this forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's largely your fault. Yeah, no, you know, on my long true. runs for my Ironman, I, I listen to your guys' you know stories and stuff on the podcast. I don't know so. if I believe you or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, really? no, all of it because obviously it's the show is not as long as I have to run, unfortunately. Right, right. So you've actually listened to episodes of the podcast yes, before. Yes, this might be a first. <laughs> this might be the first time a guest has ever actually listened to the show before. No, come on. I don't know. You're, you're my friend, so you guys. Well, I appreciate that. that. You're my friend, and you it's, are only the second driver that we've had on. Really? Yeah, we've we've we tried to really branch outside the racing world. I saw that with know. yeah, you've, as you would have known with uh, having listened. Um, cool. Well, so I should feel honored then. You should. Uh, you should. Most of the other guys couldn't do it today. That's why. Though. That's why they don't want to do it. That's <laughs> the problem. <laughs> no, even even Alex didn't show up today. Even Alex <laughs> didn't show up. Yes, uh, that's true. He claims he's feeling quote unquote under the weather. Uh, we all know that just means hungover. Hungover, yeah. That's totally fine. So, hold on. You mentioned, we talked about Iron Man. Let's start with that. Um, your your consecutive streak in the IndyCar world is at 300 and... Oh, you're asking a difficult question. No, <laughs> I feel like you should know. 300 this. was Sonoma. This year? Yeah. Okay, so 300. So, yeah. But, uh, well, yeah. And then total, total, yeah, yeah. 300 consecutive was Sonoma. Because you you were injured in ninety nine. No, in two thousand. Uh, oh. I was injured, but actually I had a concussion in Detroit two thousand two, and I didn't. Race. Okay, but didn't you break your leg once too? Yeah, but that was but I kept racing. Oh really? Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. I thought okay. I thought the break. So now the of break that. was two thousand two from Portland on. Yeah. It was. Uh, three hundred yeah. races. Yeah. So it was total. I think it's three sixty some. Three sixty seven. How does that make you feel? old <laughs> you know when it makes you feel old it's not like you know obviously you've been around now for quite a while yeah. so you get used to it but then when you have the son of your teammate <laughs> racing against you which is Herta yeah that's a good point that that actually or that's a great point I raced with Bobby 
Yeah. And Graham has been in the series for 10 years That's, already. So that's so tells. Marco. He <laughs> raced against Michael. Ma Marco was 13 when I just took him to Brazil for my go-kart race. And, <laughs> you know, so, yeah. It, you know, it feels like the other day I was talking to Lauren, like we, we were in Florida and, uh, you know, obviously it's a retirement place. All the old people go there. <laughs> and you can see these guys driving this Crown Victoria cars. Yeah. And yeah. they have no clue what they're doing, but yeah. they still think they can drive. I'm so afraid that I'm in that point right now <laughs> that no, I no. just don't want to let it go. No, see, you did it perfectly, man, because you lived in Florida while you were young. And now that <laughs> now you, I moved older, you guys moved, you yeah. moved out of Florida. Yeah. You're like, no, I'm not going to become so, that exactly. guy. I'm not going to be that guy. So. <laughs> <laughs> that actually works out pretty well. How's, how's the move been? I mean, you obviously were in Miami for, uh, what, 20 something years? 20 Two years, yeah. Um, it's been f more of a struggle for me, I would say. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, Lauren's from here. So. Yeah, Lauren's from here. The kids, they love. I mean, we, the, the biggest difference for me is the weather, right? It's, it's, I mean, as far as friends, I have friends here, sure. the shops here. Um, I can get the same amount of workout. Actually, I would say it's more proactive with BitFit here. Yeah. Instead of reciprocate what you guys do here in Miami, blah, blah, blah. But the weather for me, it's, it's a struggle. Uh, the kids love it because we build a house uh, it's exactly the way we want it. Mm -hmm. So they have everything. So the other house, it wasn't like that. So I think the house is, is a big plus. They love the school. Um, Laurie feels home. So I, uh, I think uh, you should ask me that question in February. I was just going to say, we're only in October. So, so I'm really curious to see what your first full winter is. I, I, I think I'm in a struggle, but it, it's something that I have you know, you get used to it. It's just you do. Laurie said you don't. You're just gonna. I just gonna hate it. Those that part, but I'm okay yeah, with it. I'll be honest with you, man. That's largely true. When I was a kid, I loved winter. I mean, I obviously I grew up in Canada, and like the winters here aren't even as bad as the ones there. And I love winter for like a month. After that, I'm yeah. But but I over. think you know, Hinch, I, I think I would struggle more in the future if I'm not racing or because we're so busy over the winter. I mean, even That's now, so true. I I I have not managed. I was looking at my schedule this morning, and I don't think until the mid of January, I don't think I'm going to spend a week straight here. I'm yeah. always okay, two three days off, but come back. But that helps as well. For so sure. we'll see. Breaks we'll it see. up a little. But the move has been great. I mean, I. I uh, you know, India is quite different than Miami, of course. In a lot of ways. <laughs> in a lot of ways. But also, like, even, I mean, here, uh, it's kind of like Brazil for me or like Canada for you. Like, I, I got to time myself when I go out because everybody knows me here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Miami sure. is kind of more like worldwide. Some people do, but it's not as, mm -hmm. I mean, it takes me twice as long if I want to go to the grocery today because then somebody stops talking to you. And, and you can't, obviously, you have to take the time. So... That's been another adjustment. For sure. For sure. Or you get mad at somebody in traffic and they recognize you <laughs> and you can't do the things that you do. <laughs> You're going to go, ah! Can't, you're, you're, just like, you're just waving. You're you're like, not, hello, you know, how are you? All five fingers stay up and you're just giving them a virtual high five. Yeah, yeah, so. That's, that's fair. Um, but So before we get into, because um, you, you, know, you mentioned when you stopped driving, before we get into that, let's, let's start with how you started driving. Has this, has it always been race car driver or bust? Was that always the plan for Tony? Uh, yeah. I mean, I started, I was eight years old. Um, Which obviously was, I mean. With go-karting, with that. Well, it was well before the invention of the, uh, of the automobile. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was because actually still a, a 17. <laughs> yeah, like wood, wood wheels. Yeah. And we didn't even have tires. No, no. No. It's, <laughs> no. Uh, we, we didn't have TVs. 
when we started it. So I couldn't watch the races, you know. Uh, leather helmets yeah. and all goggles, that. Goggles. Uh, no suits. Um, <laughs> so, no, nah, but I've been watching racing since I was five with my dad. And, and yeah, I mean, it's it's... I don't know if I say when I was eight, I knew exactly what I wanted to do. I don't think when you're that young, you can, but that was what I wanted it to do. Right. And I think it got really more serious when dad passed away mm-hmm. when I was 13, because while he was sick, um, he kind of like put it in my head that I had a great future ahead of me if I dedicate myself for my studies, but also to my career that I was already, I was already racing for six years by then. So, um, you know, he, uh, he, uh, when he passed, I said, no, this is what I want to do. So I would say when I was 13, definitely, because when I was 14, we, we, our family struggled with money. We lost kind of, you know, kind of everything we had after he passed because he was the only provider for us uh, at home. And actually I had to quit school for a couple of years to go to work in a go-kart factory. So that's, that was it. So, but then I knew I wanted to work in racing. Mm -hmm. I didn't know if I was going to make it as an IndyCar driver, Formula One driver, whatever. But I knew that I had a career. Mm -hmm. If it was going to be go-karting forever, I didn't know if I was going to be teaching, but it was going to be in racing. It was going to be in racing. See, that's, that's, that seems like a pretty pivotal point because it was your dad that got you into racing. You you grew up go-karting with your dad. So his passing would have been that point where I feel like as a, as a child, you made the decision, you were either going to walk away from it completely yes. or be like, Hey, this is what we did together. This is almost a way to remember him and stay with him. And, and in a way, I think the guy was so smart that I think he realized that, that the possibility for me that when he passed, I was going to go give up because it was, it started with his dream, right? I have to say, because he was the one that introduced me to racing. Right. And then I was going to give up. So he kind of like planted the seed, quote unquote, planted the seed, but also put it, the responsibility on me saying, you're not going to quit, right? Yeah. You make me a promise if I'm not around. So yeah. And then yeah. I, I, <laughs> I had to care. Yeah. So it was a, one day we'll talk about it, me and him yeah. when I, when yeah. I see him again. Fair enough. Um, were you, so you're, you're known, I, I, I don't know actually how much you talk I'm sure you're asked about it a lot because we get asked this question a lot about superstitions and you're known as being <laughs> kind of one of the more superstitious yeah. guys so two part question one were you always that way like when you were carting were you superstitious uh yes but actually I have to say because of you you remember the talk <laughs> I, of we course had? I, I'm done with that stuff so that was my follow up I mean, question it's gone all of it all of it I gone. cured you of superstition gone. Gone. but gone like like uh it gone that's something that you mentioned now I just remember that that I don't even like that's amazing have that stuff. okay so tell tell the viewers the listeners the audience the well I don't remember what race was right but Long we Beach. were uh, it was Long Beach was oh, well then please you tell the viewers better <laughs> because you remember the story a lot <laughs> I remember the story very well um because it was it, it was, was driver's like, intro it was driver intro well no no we did a um we did like a it wasn't a, I don't know if podcasts were around back then but you me Bia and Rubens did a remember we did like a oh, yeah, stage yeah. we yeah, did yeah, some yeah, kind yeah, of yeah, interview yeah, thing yeah and we were talking about superstitions because yeah. obviously it comes up a lot in, in sports in general and we always get asked if we're superstitious whatever and you had this laundry oh, list have, of uh, things it, you had to get in from this side of the car you had to put on this oh, it was first. kind of it, it, like, it took so much of my time to organize <laughs> that stuff you know like I have to take you like for the first time I'm saying this out loud Hinchcliffe save me <laughs> I, I'm like one of those uh, 
uh, I'm being saved for 365 days and three hours. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> you get your five-year coin yeah, next year. Yeah, and I'm resisting deal. to it. Yeah. It's, so, so, anyway. so yeah, so we were talking about it, and um, and one of the the plethora of superstitions that he had was he would never wear a brand new suit in a race. So you would always either have to wear it in practice or wear it in qualifying or whatever. And and I remember thinking to him, I said I said Tony, if you honestly believe the outcome of your race is determined by whether or not your suit is new or used, stay the hell away from me on the racetrack. <laughs> Yep, and so I can so I convinced myself kinda, it wasn't a conversation. It was like you kind of like I kind of yelled at you a little. Yelled bit. at me. Yeah, I, I was I was stern. I was speaking to you sternly. So I said, "Look, here's the deal." Because you, I, I remember you didn't qualify well. You qualified like 15. Well, that's that's <laughs> that's uh, lately. That's not even like, uh, like okay. So for whatever reason, you qualified not awesome, and uh, I so I said to you, I said to you on Saturday, I said, "Hey, look, man, no offense, it can't get much worse." So why don't you try and break this and put yep. on a new suit for the race? So he puts on a new suit for the it race. It was a great he, race. He drove from like 16th to 4th Yeah, or something. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was my, one of my best results of this year. It uh, was, that, that year, actually. Yeah, it was so. a great drive. And so for, apparently, I didn't realize, I, I knew it kind of maybe shook his beliefs a little bit, but no, I didn't dude, realize but You know, we're, we're talking about that's how long ago it was that I forgot. It was 2012. Yeah, it, yeah, you're right. It would have been. It was Because Rubens was still here. Yeah. In 13, I won the... Or is it just replaced now? Want, like, is your new superstition that you have to wear a new suit every no, time? No, no, don't put that. Don't get that. Look, I'm, I'm clean. Don't, don't. I'm clean. I'm not going to talk about this. Plus, we... You're not going to have a relapse you know, it's here. not... Back in the days, we used to have a new suit every day. Now, I have two suits for the whole year. So, that's not even going to happen anyway. People are you know, spending too much well, money, but yeah, you say I'm glad. You're welcome, my friend. You, yeah, I need, I t- thank you. you. I owe you one. That's that's, that's all you good. You can count on me anytime. Buy me, buy me a beer. We're good. Um, so you're you're known around the track as this very outgoing guy. You're very um, boisterous. You know, you're you got a big personality. When you're happy, you're very happy. When you're mad, you're very mad. Yeah, I can't hide it. So is that is is Tony? That I know a lot of guys that you know we race with and that race around the world that are very different at work at the track than they are at home. What's what's TK at home? You just had your like what forty third child or something. My, my fourth kid. Fourth kid. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, what is is that? Is it the same at home? Are yeah, you? No, it's the same. I think. Uh, and actually, it's it's. Uh, I think it's a bad thing because my life um, since I was young, which it's usually what we do anyway, we grow up in a sport that is so competitive and you have to be strict and you have to be this and that. My life is a race. Right. You know, it's like Lauren kind of gets annoyed at me because I treat everything as a race weekend or I act and my mentality is always uh, of line of work, even on my personal life. So, no, I'm the same. I'm either really happy or I'm really pissed at home <laughs> with the kids or whatever and very organized and time. Like, I know exactly. So, 8.15, I leave my house. Like, it's, if you want to kidnap me, it's so easy because I'm so predictable. You know, Here you go. You're, you're I know, here first, people. Exactly. Well, in Brazil, that's easy. So. Yeah. So I, I leave the house at 8.15. I know by 8.17, I'll be at the first stop sign. And that is the, 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 the school that we had to drive through to get to my kid's school. There is a guy that stops us and might take. So I know, like, you know, yeah. all about lap time and yeah. timing and this. And and so when thing goes out of whack that is not as perfect, uh, it, I, I get angry, like in racing. And so, no, I'm the same, actually, which is a bad thing, I think. But it's just me. I think... 
I'm hoping that maybe when it comes to time, because I remember, I'm going to use a quick example. Michael Andretti was one guy when he was racing. Mm-hmm. And then we, when he retired and just took the team on a row, he was a completely different guy, much happier person. I mean, right. I don't know if he didn't experience that, but so hopefully, I hope if <laughs> one day I would, I would just yeah, I'll tone down a bit and won't be that stressful because I stress everybody else around me. <laughs> Lauren says that we have a race team, yeah. AJ Foy Racing, and we have Canon Racing, right. which is the house. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, are we stopping at four? Can I ask a personal question? Of course. Yeah? Yeah, we, we are. I mean, you're now outnumbered two to one. Yeah, November 19th, I'm going to... Oh, you're, oh, I'm getting You're taking care of yes, I'm November 19th. Of, yeah. All right, guys. Remember to send Tony it's some... It's the week of Thanksgiving, so good apparently all these guys do that. They do it on Thanksgiving? I just found that out because... So they can just sit around all... They can like sit the around watching and, football and stuff uh, and, and take so... Smart. Smart. Not that I need I a say, vacation. Are you, are you a but, football fan? No, I did it that because uh, that was the only date that yeah, the guy time, had. Time's off. When I want to do it right away, I don't... I don't need to take any more risks. I, I'm, I'm okay with four. You know that there's, there's like they've proven how you do it. Like I can draw you a I, diagram I, on how I, this all I happens. I finally figure it out. <laughs> it took you yeah, four. Yeah. Took it me four tries, but I figure out. <laughs> oh, that's good. Okay. So, um, I don't know. I don't know how to word. I don't know how to word this next one. So uh, don't bait me. So, yeah. yeah I'll, fine. I'll, um, we're here. We're, we're, again, kind of a, kind of a two part question. Uh, does Tony Kanan know when he's going to retire? Uh, well, that question has been asked in the past. I know people try to retire me every year. <laughs> you have the people that ask the question. You have the haters that keep saying, what are you still doing here? Just get out of here. You <laughs> should quit. You only start 16th all the time. What are you doing? You still need the 16th guy to be able to, you know what I mean? Uh, uh, I haven't thought about it, James. It's, uh, it's something that it's coming. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a, I have two more years on my contract right now, uh, so 19 and 20. Um, I'm assuming that's probably going to be close to a full time. Right. I might come back and do a couple more 500s, but um, I, I think the way the way I, I put it, obviously, I don't have any other side businesses or anything because the way I function, I got to focus 100%. Mm-hmm. In what I'm doing, and some people say this is a bad thing because I should be thinking about, you know, what's going to happen next. But I would say, thankfully, I I was extremely successful in my career, so I'm not going to starve if I take six months off after retire after I decide to right. quit racing to organize my ideas and think about. What am I going to do? Mm-hmm. Uh, another question that people ask, why am I lasting this long? And I think, obviously, I take care of myself. Yeah. Obviously, I still get some sort of a job done, so I still have a job. But also, I didn't want to face it what uh, <coughs> Schumacher or a couple of these guys did that... Left too early. Michael Jordan. <laughs> yeah. You left early because... Good and call. then you missed it. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Then you try to come back, and then you're not the same. Yeah. Because you know if you take a year off, as you know mm-hmm. how hard it was for you to come back. So finally, when I'll be 46. You want to be 100% yes, I'll be sure. Well, physically, I won't be able to do it. So <laughs> that was argument. No, but I mean, you know, it, it gets, look. It gets harder, man. It's it gets harder. Easy to drive. I mean, we work out every day together. I'm not the same guy I was 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. I still, I got to work out a lot, twice as hard that I used to do to be able to keep the level that I feel 
right. it's competitive for yep. me. So I would say two two more I can guarantee you. AJ have this, you know, standard that he was like 58 when he retired yeah. but I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. not doing Mario that. I was 54. But I, yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'll be I'll be I'll be still involved in racing and might do a part-time, but I think maybe uh, two more years. Okay, so the so the follow-up to that is when that when it when it comes time to make that decision or when that decision just happens, you know, organically, are you do you see it happening in the off season and going into your last season knowing it's your last season, or could this be a thing where like after May be like, you know what? I think I'm at the end of this year, I'm good. It's a conflict, right? Because I'm a very emotional guy, as you guys can tell. <laughs> I don't know. I think in my head I would know, but I would. I don't know if I would announce because, like Mario and some of these guys did. It's my like a Jeff Your Gordon recently yeah. or uh, Dale Junior. Yeah, I think I would like people would do that kind of stuff for me every race. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know it's nice because I've been, but I I would cry every time. <laughs> so emotionally, I don't even know if I can handle it. So ideally, in my head, I would just. Uh, Wake up on Laguna Seca mm-hmm. in the morning off the race and say, that, this it. is it, you know. But I kind of said it's two more years, so I guess people yeah. will know. But All right, but. fans, just so you know, you're not necessarily going to get a year warning for the, the swan song tour of uh, the fabled career. Of but but on, so. you might, you know what I mean? Some people, I have different, different opinions about it. Uh, obviously, IndyCar... Um, said, you know, like I have a perfect example. Rubens never retired right. from Formula One because he wasn't ready to retire, but he didn't find a job. And a guy that has the most Grand Prix in Formula One, I think he deserved better. Yeah. So I would say, I think you're right. Maybe like after May of that year, I would say this is it. And then we can carry on mm-hmm. because I think May is extremely emotional and I am sure that it will not be my last 500 in two years from now. Right. So if you if you win another 500 in the next two years, will that yeah, well, make any difference? It won't difference? change. If I win next year, it won't change anything. <laughs> I made a huge commitment with AJ. Uh, we need a lot of help. This year was a struggle for us. It was my worst uh, result of my career mm-hmm. as far as championship. I think if I recall right, I've never had finished outside of the top 10 or the top 12, I would say in any championship I've raced for the 22 years that I've been around. So I got to keep my promise to him. He put a lot of investment, a lot of time to get me into his team, to raise the level, to try to raise the level. And it is a lot of investment for me to say, no, now I'm done. Unless we come into a decision that if we both win the 500, everybody's happy. And, but then I have a responsibility with him to, to carry on. So no, it wouldn't change. So if you win another 500, are you going to get another sick tattoo? I will finish. So the idea would be to finish the whole arm. Oh. So yes, I will come okay. come down to the. Not yeah, right now. It's above have, my. Don't you have to add like another kid to the? I trophy? have to add two more. I still have the Is time that... to add Max yet. So <laughs> I have to add Max and Nina now. You're popping out kids faster than you can keep uh, up with your tattoos. I know, man. No, it's this guy too. He's really busy. He's, I only yeah. tattoo with one guy. So like you have like a year and a half yeah. waiting list. So I, now that I'm done with kids, yeah. so I can only go back. I'll go back there once and then finish. Yeah, yes, yeah. You know what I mean. Fair. So that's, that's it. Fair. So so November nineteenth, we know that's happening. But on November eleventh, you have another race coming up. Yeah, I'm doing a half Ironman mm-hmm. in Miami. Uh, this is something that I um, 
I like it, but also it keeps my mind focused to train uh, for the race car. I'm motivation, I would say. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but my contract, I have a contract with Track. Uh, it's you know the bike company, and, and I have to do one race a year. Usually, I go to Kona to promote, and sometimes that's enough. I don't even have to race. But this year, with uh, Nina was born right that week, so I right. I didn't feel like I should go away for a week. Um, I should actually born a week before, but um, so yeah, I'm doing a half Ironman November 11th uh, in Miami. So what number will that be for you? Because you did you did the full Ironman. Uh, I did one full Ironman. That'll be number 13 probably of the half. half. Really? Yeah. Oh wow! I usually do two, two a year. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm phasing out because the training is extremely hard and and actually conflicts a lot with the racing the training. Type of training. Yeah, the yeah. type as you know. So. I don't want to, right now I have the time because it's off season, so I can focus for two months. You see me at the gym only doing cardio and stuff. I'm not lifting. He, gets, he, gets, mad, he gets mad at the trainer. Yeah. I'll come in and be doing a lift. And he's and like, how come like, James gets a lift? No, I'm like, doing like stretching, <laughs> stretching and like grandma workout. I, mean, I know I'm old, but I'm not that old. <laughs> but yeah, and then after that, I will focus on the, on the racing training. That's funny. Um, you were part of what I consider the golden era of IndyCar pranks. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of stories that have been told, you know, you, Dario, Dan, those guys, Brian, you know, that, that kind of program you guys had running, you were actually involved in getting me pretty good last year, two years ago, the 500 with a giant train horn. Thanks for that, by the way. Two years ago. Two years ago. Uh, what what was your favorite? What was the funniest one that you were part of, either victim or or mastermind? Man, we have so many good ones. I know, but um, I would say the Dan Weldon one in Japan. So <laughs> the shoes. Well, the shoes. I don't even think I can tell the entire story. In, can I? Uh, well, I'll try. You stop me if I, if yeah. I go too far. I've heard this story. We'll we'll have to bleep. Some yeah, of well, it, I'll, 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 I'll change it. the word, <laughs> the wording. Um, so Dan gets to Japan uh, on his rookie year. Dan was a very vain person, extremely organized, the most OCD person I've met yeah. uh, that I was close to. So we get to the hotel and I organize a tour for him to the Honda Museum, mm-hmm. which we have a Honda Museum inside the racetrack, if people don't know that. And, and I told our PR, I said, you got to keep him away for one hour. Okay. And he said, all right. So he gave Dan the speech and then he's like, all right, well, whatever. So Dan leaves. I go to the front desk and I said, um, hi, uh, my name is Dan Weldon and I lost my room key. Can I have a spare key, please? And his room was right beside mine. The lady, obviously, in Japan with the, langu- the language barrier and stuff didn't even ask me for an ID. It's a hotel inside, inside the track. So they're like, yeah, whatever. She knew I was a race car driver and didn't think too much of it. So we get to his room. Open his room, and I've never seen a guy that has actually not even my wife has a, had as many hair products as, as he did. And his hair always had, did look great, dude. You have no idea. And then all like he had five pair of shoes. Yeah. Which to spend a week, James. Yeah. I mean, you wear what you're wearing, and maybe yeah. bring a and spare bring one. one. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And then you want to add three because you had a running shoe. You want to add a running shoe. Okay, but five. And they all lined up right beside the bed. All his bags were like two big, huge bags. I'm like, so we took one shoe of each pair uh, and FedEx back to Indy to the race shop. 
Um, we took his TV out of his bedroom and put it on mine. His mattress as well. Then we went to uh, turn the heat full blast yeah. on. Went to the bath. Why, why would you want the heat up all the way? Oh, hold on, it's coming. <laughs> You know the story. I know. So, got a bunch of his hair, just mess up his <laughs> hair products, but didn't do anything to that. Uh, empty the toilet water uh-huh. and closed. Turn the valve off. Turn the valve off and took the valve uh, knob off. <laughs> so he couldn't so turn, he couldn't it turn it back, back on. <laughs> and six guys went to the bathroom on number two uh, in a row. Uh, left the lid straight up, and we left. So that took us 20 minutes to do it. And the most disgusting thing I've ever done in my life was I was the last guy. You, I was just going to gonna ask, who was number six? And then I'm the worst of that. Smell. So oh. I developed this, uh, you know, my nose is quite big. So I only breathed through my mouth the entire time. And we left and we closed the room. And that room was cooking for 40 minutes before he got there. Oh. You oh. could hear when he got back, you the could screams. hear the screams through the entire hotel. Uh, so that was definitely, uh, you know, the best by far. Oh man, that I'm crying. And I've heard that story a dozen times and it's never not funny. We need to do more of that stuff. <laughs> we, we need to. I mean, like for another one for Hideki. Yeah. Hideki, it was a Japanese guy, very quiet. And uh, we, we, during the 500, I got, he had his motor home. I got his, the key for his RDX and, uh, we wire the uh, the horn button uh, the horn uh, wire through his brake pedal so every time on he his the car brakes, the horn goes <laughs> and then how the we, hell did you know how to do me that? and Poppy Poppy okay. you uh, know Poppy from yeah. Andretti and then he took the the windshield wiper uh, tube yeah and routed it routed in through the steering wheel yeah. and put it up there but that didn't work because he, Hideki kind of saw what yeah. that was but then they call Hideki to do an appearance and it's like we have it on, on I have it on tape it was the most hilarious thing I think you guys seen this prank before but that was another one that was good <laughs> I've heard of the uh, you take the windshield washer hose and then you route it through the uh, through the air the air conditioning vent so they don't see it so it's hiding just just wow that's a vent. good one and then you throw a bunch of dirt on the wind on the windshield so they get yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the thing <laughs> that is great I still like the one uh, this one this one was at your expense unfortunately but where uh Dario, my bike. <laughs> cut your bike. Yeah, in half. that's that's a good one too. I mean, you want to talk about it? Yeah. So I'm doing a live uh, interview for ESPN during the month of May, um, and then um, while I was doing that, Brian Herta and Dario Franchitti showed up in the back, and I can see through the cameras. And we're in the pagoda, so it's like you know all these guys in the suit and a tie, and you're like feeling important. And they have my bike. On their hands and they're showing the bike like and I'm like what 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 is this guy's doing and then as soon as they did that and I, and and we had this game going on that you could not laugh if you're doing an interview and I'm I was the best at it not trying to brag right so I'm like uh-huh and I'm kept talking and then Brian takes a saw and shows me the saw and it was like, the a, bike it was like and a like a metal a, ch- uh, a metal saw yeah like a hand saw a yeah. hand saw and then and, and goes like and I'm going to saw your bike, like, bike. Right. And actually they start doing it and they split it. A full carbon fiber bike, like seven grand in half. And I still managed to do the whole interview. You didn't break. I did not. 
I am I'm massively impressed because I know how much. Well, it was done already. What are you going to do? You know what I mean? Uh, At that time, they were doing it anyway. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it didn't matter what I did. So I said, let's uh, minimize the damages. I'll be professional in my interview and I'll deal with that later. That's so funny. That is so funny. Um, I have two more questions. One, I meant to ask earlier, we were kind of talking about the family thing. We're sort of jumping around a bit, but you have four kids now. Uh, Leo's how old? 11. He's 11. Uh, and he's beating us at uh, reaction time training at PitFit. Uh, and then another uh, one, he just beat me uh, on a mile run the other day. So, like, is that an annoying milestone to hit as a father when your son starts beating you at things? It, it is annoying because... Or is it like a proud moment? No, it's annoying because he's okay. 11. <laughs> I mean, he's not 18. <laughs> like, okay, when you're 18, you, you get to beat your old dad totally fine. But you are 11. You don't even, like... I can't even say what I was going to say here, but yeah, like, uh, yeah. you're not even into puberty yet, <laughs> and you, like, cannot cannot do that, and he brags about it for sure. As he should. He's a competitive guy, just like his dad. So, yeah, so it's embarrassing. So if any of your kids uh, show an interest in racing, is this something that you're in support of, or will you maybe try and give them golf clubs and say, uh, hey? No, nah, I'm a true believer that you got to support your kids in whatever they want to do. Um, one thing that I'm going to try not to be, it's the racing dad. Right. You're right? not going to force go-karts no. in them. And no. Uh, and I haven't, Leo has no interest. I mean, he asked me once I took him, he didn't make a big deal out of it. Um, but I also being through, I lived the story between Michael, Mario and Michael and Michael and Marco. Right. And I mean, I, uh, I saw how tough I, especially on Michael, how tough that was. And it's really easy to get mm-hmm. caught into it. So one thing is for certain, I'm, I'm pretty sure Lauren will never let me spend a single dime <laughs> in racing Fair. with my kids. So I, 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 will, I can support him and try to go find sponsorship, but I won't do like Rubens. Rubens is funding his two kids um, and full time. And one is moving to Formula 4 now. I already did one year so. I would try to help him, mm-hmm. but I know the risks, and unfortunately, I, not the risks. I'm not even talking about the, no, the, the, the life, and, but the financial risks that you're gonna have to make a choice. And I'm not gonna do what my dad did because it was crazy, or your dad, or like yeah. our parents. I look at my, I'm like, guys, you guys had you made some really irresponsible decisions. <laughs> cool, <people. laughs> but well, to our but, benefit, but, but, but yeah, but James, but look at how it works, right? Because sure. then we have to carry that now. Yeah. Right, because they went through a bunch, and I respect that a lot. But then, now my family became my mom became my daughter because yeah. they they that's all they did. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I mean, it's done and it's okay, awesome, thank you. But I don't want. And plus, it was different times for sure. Right, um, and and I only had a sister. Now, if I'm gonna let's say invest in one kid, what about? your other brothers and sisters, yeah. you know, so you got to be fair. So I won't prevent them, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to be the guy that's okay. Oh, how much you need it? it? It's 20 yeah. grand a month. Yeah. Not happening. Yeah. That's okay. Let's go fight for it. Let's yeah. start. But, but I, I'm a truly believer that you got to let, let your kids do whatever they feel like yeah, that it's responsible, yeah. you know, I think so. it's the way to do it. All right, my friend, we are coming to the end. We have one question that we ask, uh, every guest, on Off Track with Hinge and Rossi. 
And as a avid listener of the show, you will know this. Yep. So I'm going to assume you know what's coming. Um, I, I knew it's coming. What is the fastest you have ever driven off the racetrack? Off the racetrack. Um, I don't know if it was true or not because, you know, the speedometer in the car, it kind of like lies. <laughs> but I had a, we, uh, I built a uh, M3 turbo, which it never existed. And we had actually, the car was really light and we had like 900 horsepower in that thing with uh, jet fuel and nitrous. And of course. Yes. Why would you so, put jet fuel in your BMW? Uh, it, it stopped at the 200 because, you know, the it pin, didn't go anywhere, stops, but I, yeah. th- I think it was a little more. <laughs> and where was that? Uh, on, on the Okeechobee Road on the way to Sebring. <laughs> but uh, it's the funny story because that car, I could, I think, had gone quicker. But that car, we only do 40 miles yeah. in a tank of fuel that because of how yeah. other... Well, and honestly, James, I wasn't at that speed. I didn't oh, go yeah, all the way, but I mean, we yeah. got in and I maxed out and I left. Gave up. Yeah. And That's I had to funny. bring extra, uh, a car, the, I had a car behind, uh-huh. which uh, Marcio was my buddy driving my, uh, my other car with actually a full barrel of fuel, of fuel to <laughs> refuel it so I could make it. <laughs> Now, that's an impractical car when you need to have a backup car carrying a yeah, drum but, of fuel. But, you know, the funny part was Michael Fuchs, uh, one of my sponsors, just had got the Bugatti, the Veyron. Mm-hmm. And uh, we went to dinner uh, that year. I still had that car. And we lined up at 95 in Miami just for a short period, and I bit the car. <laughs> so I said, my $80,000 car bid your $2 million car. So how about that? That probably so, didn't make him feel so good. So 200, I think that's what <laughs> that's, it was. True or not, it was... Yeah, it's pretty solid. I had a funny... I, <laughs> I got to tell you this. A funny Sebring story. So, you know, we, we tested Sebring a lot in the winter, and there's there's this flight you'll now learn yep. back to Indy. From Orlando. From Orlando. But, you know, if you run till 5 p.m., which is normally when you run to at Sebring, and Orlando's just under two-hour drive to the airport... There's a flight that you have to be out of the off the track at five o'clock, out of the car and change by five oh four, and on the road by five oh seven to make this flight, right? And so I was driving for Andretti, and Marco was on the same flight back to Indy. And he's like, "Hey man, we got off a little late. There's a little bit of traffic on the normal route." He goes, "I know a back route. Just follow me." And okay, I was Marco. I was in a like two thousand and two. I don't even know what it was, like a Tercel or a high, it had a lot of rental miles on it. The toe was out of whack. There was stains on the seats. This thing had not had a good life, right? And Marco jumps in his rental car, which was like a C300 or something. And so he's bombing down these back roads around Sebring. And I'm just, I'm literally saving my life trying to trying keep to up. Trying to just keep up. I'm not even going that fast, yeah. but we're going way faster than this thing's of course, capable of, of doing. And it was a little windy and it was, <laughs> it was gusting all over the road. We made it, but man, I was like, I was on the limit 10 tenths the whole way there. And Marco drives. Up. I mean, I've, I've never seen anybody as a family. To yeah, be honest. it's true. Mario, but I think Michael, Mario started oh, it. Yeah, for sure. Those guys, I, I, I it's crazy. I, it's you, you hung up with the, you hung out with them, and we. I mean, I remember when we tested that time in Pocono, Pocono yeah. and I came back home with Mario. I'm like, 
I don't know how you don't get arrested. <laughs> well, the best was you beat us back to the house because Mario was in his bed. And you got and you left before us. And you guys beat us back. We got there. We walked in the house. And the first thing you say, you looked at Marco and you're like, your no-no is crazy. 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 <laughs> like, no, they're like, I understand driving fast, but you don't but pass people on the shoulder. Yeah. Going <laughs> on a buck 30. Like. No, passing cars outside on the shoulder on the ramp corner. <laughs> Why, what is the hurt? Okay. I understand. We're, like you said, you're late to go to the airport. Yeah. We were going to do we're nothing. <laughs> We're going to get home and hang. Oh, it's so good. So good. That to each their own. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Tony Kanan, thank you so much for coming oh, on the show. I'm really friend. honored to be here. Thank you. I mean, uh, you know, uh, when you invite me, I was like, you asked me what I was doing this week. I'm like, uh, what does he want? And, uh, <laughs> Just a little bit of your time yeah. to thank you. share your story with the fans. Yep. So thanks I for coming I hope you guys on. enjoy it. Thanks for tuning in, guys. We will be back a little bit after thanks, this. Thanks, Thanks, Tony. Hit the old pop. Oh, I hit, forgot to hit record. Okay, hold on. From the top. Thanks for listening to Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Keep in contact with us on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle is AskOffTrack. Or you can follow us individually. We're at Hinchtown and at Alexander Rossi. And... If for some twisted, deranged reason you'd want to follow Thim, you can find him at the Tim Durham. We can also be reached via email at ask at offtrackpod.com. Off Track is very roughly produced by Tim Durham. The music you heard today is from Brian Dan of Holland Patton Public Library. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.